Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One is Mark and John's the other. They're just friends. They are not lovers. It's... Two old queens, it's two old queens. They're just sassy, not that mean. Two old queens, it's two old queens. Now shut up. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Two Old Queens. I'm John Flynn. I'm Mark Rennie. Mark, who is our guest today? You don't know? You're looking right at him. Whatever the people know, that's who I am. You're not excited? I'm very excited. Okay. He's a puppeteer on Crank Anchors. You've seen him on Disney Channel's Coop and Cammy, And also, hello, uh, Broadway Cred Alert much? The original cast of Book of Mormon, it's Ben Schrader. Yay. Hello, Yay. Ben. Well, you've made that sound so exciting. <laughs> well, it we're is exciting. exciting. We're very excited to have I've you. I've seen Book of Mormon on the Broadway. With the OBC back in 2011 through 2013? Probably not. <laughs> so as someone, we're doing a whole month of musicals. This is our third week of musicals. As someone who's been in actual real live musicals, when you see a musical movie or on stage, are you able to just enjoy it? Or are you always thinking of like what went into it? I th- whenever I see any movie, I think about what went into it just because I'm into that. But I don't – when I – I'm a terrible audience because I'm really forgiving. I always look at these things and go like – People oh, hate Oh, look that. how much work <laughs> – they hate it. I always go, look how much work they put into it. But I also – but I also am terrible because I will see a movie. There have been plenty of movies that I now look on and I go, oh, I hate that movie. But I left it at the time going like, that wasn't bad. And then the people around me go, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And then I go, oh, you're right. And then like right before their eyes, my integrity deteriorates. Because oh, no. I go like, oh, that, that was a shit movie. Why, why, was I, why was I looking at it like it was not a crap movie? <laughs> why did I experience joy? I, I never was had wrong. let myself do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's I right. was wrong to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never, I always say, I've never regret seeing any movie. Like, I've never seen a movie and thought, I wish I hadn't seen that. You know what I mean? Because even if something's bad, 
there's always something to get from it. The worst the movie can be is boring. Right. But even then, I'm always yes. like, well, I would have wanted to see how. You know, I, I'm always curious to see how the movies play out. That's true. I've, I've found that I've left going, well, at least I'm full. <laughs> you <know>. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, do you are you a fan of the movie musical? Like, can you enjoy a movie musical even if it's not the idealized Broadway version? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because I think I think the big mistake is when they take a musical and they take all the things that they did on stage and they think that that's just going to translate to uh, uh, to the screen, as opposed to let's just write it for the screen. And what te- right. it tends to gotcha. be when they do that, then it's pretty good, or at least better than some. If they just think that they can shoot the musical, then it it, it looks like usually it looks like one of those Cameron Macintosh musicals that they <laughs> sure shoot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think they just have to cater it to the medium. You know, that's my. Do you have like a favorite uh, movie musical? Of the ones that are like Broadway musicals that went to, I think, I do think Fiddler on the Roof, they turned that into an effective movie. Yeah. Um, they shoot that in a way that's very cinematic and they don't treat it like the Broadway stage show. Chicago, Cabaret. And then if you look at the old, even though the aesthetic has changed, like the old musicals, like The Music Man, they did it, I think, is a good film. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Then there's. Like like Sweeney Todd doesn't work, um, you know. You know, hair is a really bad I, hair doesn't really work for me. Um, but yeah, I think hair works better as a movie than it does as a stage musical. I think that's one of the few that does work better as a movie. Do they have the nudity in the movie? I can't remember. Uh, a, I think there's. I mean, there's definitely some toplessness. I think there's like a little bit, but not really. Like it's not like this is the moment where we all get naked that there is in the show. Right. Yeah, I don't remember, but I mean, that was like, that was like a rental in high school, I think. So edgy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hey, guys. No one else was renting. I'm having a sleepover. We're going to watch hair. (laughs) Right. Everyone else else was renting O'Calcutta, but you went to hair. (laughs) I went right to hair. Blockbuster. Blockbuster (laughs) never had no copies of hair for me to rent. They knew you were coming. Oh, reliable. (laughs) That's right. Here comes that one guy who only rents hair and fiddler on the roof. (laughs) On VHS. Speaking of speaking of long tall freaks, um, (laughs) we're talking about we're talking about the movie you chose to bring in Labyrinth. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about Labyrinth. Well, thank you. I would love to. Uh, Labyrinth came out in 1986. It is a musical fantasy film directed by Jim Henson. Uh, executive producer uh, was George Lucas, and it was based on a conceptual designs by Brian Froud, I believe it is. Uh, yeah. It revolves around a 16-year-old Sarah's quest to reach the center of an enormous otherworldly maze, a.k.a. a labyrinth, uh-huh. to rescue her infant brother, Toby, uh, who Sarah somehow wished away to Jareth the Goblin King. It stars Jennifer Connelly as Sarah, David Bowie is the Goblin King, and Toby Froud plays uh, Toby the Baby. Uh, the rest of the film's significant characters are played by puppets, produced by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. 
Uh, the film was a box office disappointment, grossing only uh, $12.9 million doing its uh, original run. It was the last feature that Jim Henson directed. But despite its mixed critical response, it has a large cult following. And in January of 2016, it was announced that a remake was in development, which the screenwriter described more as a spin-off in the same fictional universe than a remake. <laughs> There you have it. Got it. So Ben, Just we asked you to fashion, yeah. old fashioned boy meets girl story. Yeah. <laughs> we asked you to bring in a movie musical and you chose Labyrinth. So why Labyrinth? Well, it was uh, that was my virtual babysitter growing up. When I I was a latchkey kid, so <laughs> okay. when I came home from school, you know, the movies that sometimes that would get rented for me to like occupy myself or when my parents were working over the summer and I stayed home, was, were these, you know, the Muppet movies, which were all musicals, mm-hmm. um, and then the kind of offshoot Muppet movies like Labyrinth or The Dark Crystal. Labyrinth stuck with me mm-hmm. because it was, that was my introduction to David Bowie. Um, I oh, didn't okay. know his, I didn't know his rock star <laughs> career. I didn't know anything. I just knew this huge Barbizon hairstyle and this cod piece. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it was strange because it was a very predominantly shot uh, cod piece. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and a really interesting uh, choice. And I just remember being very affected by not just the cod piece, but like David Bowie slithering around and being menacing, but also really enticing. He was cool, but scary. It was all of these things. And then you had these grotesque puppets. And then they all sang rock numbers. And it's a movie that would never get made today. It's uh, the kind of music that was, even for David Bowie, was very strange for him. Mm -hmm. And it just was nightmare fuel that I couldn't stop watching Mm -hmm. over and over again. Mm -hmm. So have you revisited it recently? Like, is it something you always return to? Oh, it's like Labyrinth is, <laughs> it's in the forefront of my brain, sadly, oh, wow. every, for, for some reason, every day. I'll be doing a mundane thing, and, you know, uh, the, the one of the Goblin King, you know, uh, num- musical numbers will come into my mind, like, you remind me of the babe, the babe with the power, and all of this kind <laughs> of thing. And um, so it's one of those, now it's kind of like, like every hot topic in every mall sells a labyrinth yes. t-shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was into that crap before they started <laughs> Thank mar- you. merchandising, okay. yeah. merchandising so ch- pop pop figures, you know. We get yeah, it. Yeah. And you're the original cast of Book of Mormon. We got yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You have authenticity. <laughs> your labyrinth shirt was an actual an iron-on that you had to put on yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as was the cod piece. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So, John, what's your history with Labyrinth? Uh, I had seen it, I guess, years ago, maybe sometime in the 90s, once, and then I watched it again last night. Okay. Um, that's pretty much it. I remember. <laughs> uh, it's a movie that obviously, have, like, uh, it has a lot of fun visuals to it, but, like, I couldn't have told you the story. And, uh, but yeah, so I watched it again last night. So, it is a, I was familiar with it, but I wouldn't say I knew that much about it. Did you enjoy much- rewatching it? I did, did very much. Okay. Overall, I think I think I get why this movie doesn't seem to transcend the generation it came out of. For, you know what I mean? Like, there's some kids' movies that like live on. Like, I feel like Willy Wonka, like with Gene Wilder, like that one. Like, like my like people younger than me know people like my my nieces and nephews know that movie. Labyrinth, I don't feel like is a movie that has like 
grown as much as those kind of movies. And I think it's because the visuals are great. Like it's really fun. All the visuals are really great. And it's exciting because it's mostly real and practical effects, but there's no real story there. Like, I don't know what this main character like wants. She just like, things happen to her constantly. I don't know what she learns. I don't know like what's yeah. in her way. It's just like, she's like, oh, and now it's this, and now it's this, and now it's this, and now it's this, and it's fun. And then it's over and you're like, what just happened? And then also the very last moment, you're like, what is happening right now? The very last moment <laughs> is bananas, undeniably. I think if it had a solid story to go along with those great visuals and all those great effects, it could be a classic. But I think at the heart of it, there's no real story there. But it was great to watch again. Like it is, like each of the segments are good. Sure. Like they are fun. Like there's obviously, it reminded me, like it reminded me kind of like anything directed by Julie Tamar. We're like, it's fun to watch, but the storytelling is really not good. But if you, so if you had someone with a good story and you directed, or if you, like if you just art directed it, it would have been phenomenal. That's what I thought. How about you, Mark? What's your history with Labyrinth? <laughs> well, I'm a big uh, Muppets fan, as you uh -huh. may know. I think we know. all are, yes. Sh grew up with them, love them. But Labyrinth was one I hadn't really, I had seen in pieces, I think. But I never, I can't remember the last time, if ever, I sat down and watched it from beginning to end. And you're right. Uh, it is beautiful to look at. But you could put almost, once she enters the Labyrinth, you could put the scenes in almost any order. Yep. And it doesn't <laughs> matter. So the whole time you're wondering, wait, why does Jareth want the baby? Like, it feels like there's no <laughs> stakes at any time. But I get it's meant to be like a psychological representation, but I almost wish they went into that even harder of like, this is a labyrinth of her own mind and, you know, the struggle to become, grow up and do away with childish things. Yeah. Um, but it's like, uh, it's definitely weird. Bowie is great in it, though. Mm -hmm. I think he really is like a, a unique screen presence, to say the least. Um, <laughs> but the, it is one of those movies that's like, oh, it's prettier than it is interesting. Um, so I think yeah, there's of a lot of like, oh, I was just going to say that there's a lot of like dissertations on the true underpinnings and meanings of it that I think most of it is kind of crap. But there is sure. like one of the stronger like, uh, that a lot of people think is the real thing is like, oh, it's about this girl's sexual awakening and it's about, and they really go into it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think you're just projecting <laughs> yeah. on the sexiness of David Bowie in the role. I don't know if right. they're really saying that this girl is, you know, but there is this big kind of um, agreed upon in the zeitgeist that it's about her finding her you know like sexual awakening thing and i'm like well i m maybe there's a part of me that i guess had some questions answered but i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure i don't know or it could just be like creepy male academics projecting onto a virginal teen girl yeah <laughs> i kind of think it's that. what else could it be about it's got to be about her sexuality that's all i see when i look at her it's her sexuality how dare she thrust this on me mm. um well let's get into it as you may or may not know we are looking for the gayest movie ever so we have a very elaborate and byzantine scoring system with which to judge this with a bunch of categories and at the end you are going to add a category and it could become, become canon um so we i don't know why i paused either um so we got a ton of categories but it's um let me do our this is the top five current ranking and it's out of percentage so this is the percentage out of 100 percent of where we currently stand all right 
So number five was 71.84% Interview with the Vampire. Number four, 76.52% Funny Girl. Number three was 78.43% Cats. Number two was 78.59% Bradley Cooper's The Star is Born. And number one was 79.51% Grease 2. So we will see <laughs> where um, Labyrinth falls in. This is our second Jim Henson movie. That's right. Um, yeah, Muppets Take Manhattan was the gayest movie for a very long time, and now it's not even in the top five or something. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Wow! It got we changed by the system. Older movies. Oh, I yep. was going to say. That's right. All right. <laughs> All right. So the first category is homoeroticism. So on a scale of zero to hundred, how homoerotic is Labyrinth? So we're each going to give it a score, then we take the average of all three of ours. See, here's what's hard about this movie is that there are two. What's hard about it, John? <laughs> <laughs> the audience. Um, there are only two real, uh, actual people in it for the most part. Everything else are puppets. So there's You're not a Muppets lot. Muppets of... can't be gay. Have you met Janice? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like there's not a Jury's lot. Jury's out on Janice... Scooter. Janice isn't gay. Scooter. Uh, I think Janice. Well, sure. Sam the Eagle. Closet well, Queen. Yeah. <laughs> He's very Mike Pence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very Chris Cooper in American Beauty. <laughs> um, I think, but yeah, I don't think there's, it's not a very homoerotic movie, even though like David Bowie is undeniably just like sexy. Yes. But is he like flirting with any of these goblins? I mean, there's no, it's like, it's hard. It's difficult. Right. He has like a big gay queer energy though. Sure. He does the juggling of the balls. That's true. Well, that actually wasn't him. That was someone else behind him. That was Michael Motion, who is a contact okay, juggler. There you go. <laughs> what is a contact juggler? juggler? What is a, a what contact does that mean? juggler? People who can take like either rings or they can take crystal balls and they can move them in their hands. They can rotate them and give them the illusion that they're either suspended in space or you know it's a skill. It's like. Um, it's like mime with objects in a way. And so this guy named Michael Motion, M-O-S-H-E-N, uh, who can do this Fun. amazing motion with his hands, and he <laughs> subbed for his arms. So there's this like, there is this uh, diddling of uh, these big, big That's balls. That's true. The A other moment is interesting when they introduce this, uh, when they introduce the character of Hoggle, he gets introduced with, uh, by her by he's standing and he's peeing on the mm -hmm. wall. And it was the first time when I get when I kind of went. Well, I think Muppets have uh, male Muppets have uh, dicks. Mm, they got uh, it was, for, <laughs> as a kid, I went like, "Well, that answers <laughs> that question." There you go. Genitals are real. There were there were there were there are goblin genitals. There is something okay. undeniably homoerotic though about David Bowie with a riding crop and those boots. Sure. You mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. um, so Ben, what do you what would you score this on zero to hundred for homoeroticism? I can only base it on my personal interaction with this movie. It made me question Please. a few things growing up. So I, <laughs> Wonderful. It, uh, from one to a hundred, I'm going to put it solidly in the eighties. Eight. Well, 80? 80, 80. Well, let's put I it. I need at, an exact let's number. Let's put it at eighty. I'm going to put it at. I'm going to put it at eighty-one. So this is one of the most <laughs> homoerotic movies you've ever seen. Not necessarily. Eighty-one's not a hundred. <laughs> Eighty-one is not a hundred, but eighty-one. <laughs> I know 81, that much about math. <laughs> okay, but it did it did it it did bring my mind to places that maybe it didn't venture to before when I was uh, in an impressionable youth. And we thank Jim okay. Henson for that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> John, what are you gonna give it? 
I'll go. I'll go eighty. As I'll go eighty. <laughs> eighty. Eighty. Oh, so you prices righted me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will not do one, but I'm going to do like uh, for me. It's like thirty-five. It's not really. Oh wow. Uh huh. I mean, there is something, but it's not a lot. We're still in a kids movie. Sure, sure. Um, all right, next category. But it's making kids question things. Clearly. That's true. We and have we some receipts that. right here. <laughs> right. Um, all right, next category: actual gay characters. I mean, That's there a are challenge. there are literally fairies. There are fairies. <laughs> there are literally fairies. Um, Hoggy, at first I was like, he does love jewelry. Like that's how like she's trying to woo him to bribe him to get him to do stuff. So But that's more he never wore jewelry though. But it's he more like motivated by greed than Perhaps. If he wore it. What about what do we think? What was the name of that little dog that rode the other dog? Yes. Sir Didymus. His name is Sir Didymus. (laughs) (laughs) He did a miss, not if it was Sir Didymister. And it always reminded me of the Epididymus, which is a piece of male anatomy. All righty. So this movie is like unpacks a lot of things for you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting two and two together here, gentlemen. Okay, Uh, I I appreciate that. But I don't think there are that many actual gay characters. No, in this. I mean, even though Bowie, you know, the Goblin King is is kind of um, he's out there and he's larger than life with his um, garb and his makeup mm. and everything. He on it, he's going after her really hardcore. Yeah, but yeah. she's also giving off a very alpha, you know, kind of this, you know, very intense energy. To her too. I don't know. That doesn't necessarily. She, it's not a gender it normative. Inter- it was weird. Like watching her, I was like, she's a very specific sort of like theater girl because she was like super into theater, but not really into musicals. Yeah, she's really. She into had her. posters. She did, have, she did have some. Yeah, she was more. She had posters for Avita and Cats. That is correct. I understand that, but that was <laughs> probably a lazy set dresser. But uh... <laughs> that was an inspired set dresser. <laughs> I didn't You're... get the sense that he had like a sexual attraction towards her though. Like I didn't get that at all. Not at the ball he does. At that ball uh, scene he kind of does. When he's trying to seduce her, he's literally trying to seduce her. I guess so. It seemed more like a power move than to actually something that I he mean, isn't that all seduction, John? No. Isn't all a power transference? <laughs> isn't that what sex is in some ways? So what do Ben, what do you want to give this for actual gay characters? Well, you know, you you could give it. You could argue to give it a high score based on inference, but just on the surface, I would I wouldn't put it very high. I would put it probably actual gay characters. I'd put it in the it's argue in the twenties maybe. I'm gonna need a specific number, Ben. <laughs> Gosh, this is hard. You guys play hardball here. This is I'm gonna put yeah, it we're at not a, messing around. I'm mm-hmm. gonna put it at a tw- I'm gonna put it at a twenty seven. 27. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we have actual, we have literal fairies. We have a bunch of goblins who you think something will happen there. What are they goblin exactly? Is exactly. That exactly. <laughs> yeah, what are those weird things on the edges of sticks um, they had? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 20, I'll go 28. 28? Gosh, you are really Bob Barkering this. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this a five. Wow. <laughs> there are not any actual gay characters in it. <laughs> okay. All right, next category on a scale of zero to a hundred. Camp factor. How campy is Labyrinth? Uh, Labyrinth's pretty damn campy. It's pretty campy. <laughs> yeah. 
But the question really is, is it meaning to be? And is that a prequisite for uh, camp? It, there's different both. there's different worlds. One movie there's can knowing have camp both and there's times, unknowing you know? camp. Yeah. Yeah, it's a There is an extra unknown. thrill to unknown camp. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think this is unknowing camp in a way that like a mommy dearest is, because like right. it is already in a fantasy crazy world anyway. But I mean, still, when you're just like, how about this character can sing, talk to rocks? That still can't be. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but Anyone you can who's say that most, to 80s, do that. <laughs> most 80s family movies or like fantasy family movies were campy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like absolutely that generates that nostalgia that we have right now. Yeah, right? Uh-huh. absolutely. I'm going to give this I'm going to give this and I think this is run of the mill 68 on the camp factor. 68. Yes. I'm going to go higher because I do think it's sort of some really fun visuals. I'm going to go, but it is a lot. It's a lot of earth tones. So I am going to give it, ding it for that. So I'm going to go 79. Mm-hmm. You can't be earth tones and campy. Sorry. <laughs> Too many earth tones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a list. Here's the campy things I found. Um, an owl being involved in magical business, struggling to remember <laughs> your lines, rehearsing in full costume for no reason, wearing blue jeans under a pretty dress, saying to a baby, I hate you. MC Escher, an actress getting out her anger by delivering character monologues to the mirror, long white drapes floating in a moonlight breeze, juggling, a David Bowie <laughs> throwing a snake at you and it turns into a scarf, a Muppet holding a live chicken, a sassy door knocker, a dreamy masquerade ball where a virginal teenager is Produced by David Bowie, landing in a junkyard, having a poster of Evita on your wall, breaking a spell, and finally ending your movie with all the characters dancing. Oh, <laughs> you know, when you put it like that in list form, <laughs> you really you want to change your number? I, I want to, I really do. You can, you can. What I need, you like to I need, to? I need to change this to an 84. 84? Yeah, wow. because I forgot about the drapes, I forgot about the owl. <laughs> I forgot about the computer generated floating at the beginning, I, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give it a 70. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I really went out on a limb and you guys really pulled it back. Hey, you love Not it. Me. That's great. There's no right answer there. That. There's no right or wrong. They're That's why we correct. take an average. Right. Yeah, we take an average. Given it on average is 77.67. That's more than Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born. So you're doing yeah, fine. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, next category: over the top wardrobe. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, even just like her Jennifer Connelly's opening outfit, like with those sleeves that that sort of like Renaissance fair. Her vest and thing that she was sleeves. wearing. Yeah. Um, the mother, like her stepmom, had that that very like very intense pink blouse at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> That's where you're going. I was like, this is her look. I mean, there was so there's so few looks to, to focus on for people. What are you that talking you have about? To, Hoggle people, had a vest with a face on it. Yeah, he's a character. That's wardrobe. And did he change it at all the entire movie? Neither no. did the mother. She was in that. We only ever saw her in that dress. Exactly. So there's fewer outfits, so we gotta really focus on them. But yeah, I thought her. I don't know where she was going for dinner, but I don't want to go there. Probably Red Lobster. Uh, Probably, and that that baby was in like a striped pirate onesie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, then but the Goblin the King's ball. great. Yeah. The ball, ball that was great. all crazy. She has a very crazy wedding outfit. And that, that's huge. Mm-hmm. The most puffy sleeves. Yeah, um, costume yeah. wise, this is it. This is there was a lot of work put into this one. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's that uh, Brian Froud, you know? Is that his name, the, the designer? <laughs> he, yeah. did, he did Dark it Crystal, is. too, and everything is like, I just love how everything's like almost like, it looks lived in and like really ultra detailed. Like there's so yeah. much like detail to everything, and it always looks great. A lot um, of layers. They're into layers. A lot mm-hmm. of layers. It looks like a real lived in world. Um, but is it the most over the top wardrobe we've ever seen? I don't know. I mean, um, what do you want to give it? It's kind of. I mean, it it rivals or it's it's approaching the Met Gala in that one ball <laughs> in that ball. I machine. wish they did. Oh, the theme was labyrinth. Met Gala. Oh, that'd be great. They would. I'm they don't have put the guts. this. Uh, they don't have the guts or the rights. I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna stay in the 80s for this. I'm gonna put this in the high 80s. 88. 88. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go 83. 83. I mean, anytime you have a dog wearing a saddle, I mean, that's yeah, pretty, an actual true. live dog. Uh, I'll give so for it for another an, dog to ride. Right. I'm going to give it an 82. This is pretty uh, okay. up there. Give it an average of 84.33. That's more than cats. Okay. All right. Next category drag queen inspiration. Could a drag queen watch this and come away with a lot of inspiration? I mean, just the fact that David Bowie's in it. Yeah. And his eye makeup is great. His eye makeup is great. That wig also is that, pretty iconic. That one character with a bird on their head. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, why I isn't think... a drag queen doing that? And the and the music itself, like if you really listen to the lyrics of some of these songs, they're they're really rife with like this high high fantasy longing, sitting in a corner, bemoaning your existence sometimes. Like, they're over the top. They're worse than Sting lyrics, and I love Sting. They're worse. <laughs> you know, Sting no was one... almost the Goblin King. He was almost the Goblin King, you know, and he was going to write all the music, and it probably would have been the same exact songs, at least for this movie, except <laughs> Bowie, Bowie transferred out of it and was of the time. Sting stayed solidly right in this era. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this is like there's some there's some good uh, makeup instructional moments in this movie. There's <laughs> yeah. the hair, a couple of tutorials. Yeah. yeah, the junkyard lady. Someone could dress up as her. Oh, she oh, yeah. have a bunch like... of shit on your back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. The fairies. The fairies. The fairies. Those fiery people. The fairies. Yep. The um. Mm-hmm. There's the I like the riddle guys. Who Anyone at the ball. Ups- Anyone at the bar? Oh, yeah. The riddle guys mm-hmm. who's one upside down and Those one's cards. right side up. The doorknobs. Yep. There's. That's inspiration fuel right there. Yeah. So what you would you get this? out of this? <laughs> I'm going to put this. I'm going to put this in the. Uh, I'm going to put this at 85. 85. Yeah. I'm going to go 87. Wow. 87. Um, I'll go 88. I mean, yeah. That Goblin King alone. You could have a whole night of yeah. Goblin, a night of a thousand Goblin Kings. There you go. Or Queens. Thank you. All right. Next category. On a scale of zero to 100, how likely are you to recommend this to gay people? I think I just did. Hello. 100%. 100%. 100%. You just came out to your parents who have kicked you out uh-huh. on the street. You got to see Labyrinth. The first mm-hmm. thing, that's the first thing I say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Trevor Project. Here's a DVD of Labyrinth. Yeah. Right. You're navigating the maze of your sexuality mm-hmm. to find yeah. the self at it's the like center. It's like an M.C. Escher uh, playground. Mm-hmm. Here you go. John, what are you going to give it? Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to say like 82. That's pretty high. 
That's yeah, almost I mean, double they, what you gave um, Interview what? with the Vampire. Really? Mm, you gave right. Interview with I'll, the Vampire I, 48. I'll go, I'll go 70 on this one. Because I think it's like good, but like, again, the story isn't like, there's nothing iconic about the story that grabs you. But I'm like, oh, if you want to see a bunch of fun visuals, yeah, watch this movie. Yeah, this movie's, um, I mean, if you're thinking a, a, about it, it along the terms of, is this going to benefit anybody? <laughs> right. It's not like you need to know these labyrinth references. People sure. are always talking about baby Toby um, <laughs> in this bird hat. So you've got to know it. You got to right. know it. Um, I'm going to give it a 25. Okay. I, it's, I, you know, you'll just watch a YouTube of magic dance and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's labyrinth. You got it. All right. The next category, the male gaze. How horny is the camera for the male form? I mean, I mean, it's all about bowing those pants, really. There's literally close-ups of his crotch. Yeah. Yeah. And Jim Henson. I mean, he was like a progressive, <laughs> crunchy granola kind of guy. So He mm-hmm. was. He was really, he was kind of, to, to be honest, like he was into everybody. He was, <laughs> from what I understand, like he loved people and, you know, but he loved people. So I have a feeling there was definitely no message there was no, received. You know gotcha. I mean? But I feel like there was no like, don't like uh, maybe let's not focus. This is a cool camera angle, but we managed to get David Bowie's cod piece in it. So maybe we have to change it. I think he would have been like, no, this is a great camera angle. He looks fantastic. We keep this. To <laughs> this hell is the moment. Everything. This is part of life. Yeah, that's right. This is also one of the correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is one of the few Muppet or Henson movies where you see a person from uh top to bottom a full size and also they're surrounded by muppets because usually when you see like the muppets you only see the person from like everyone from the waist up right but i feel like it's one of the few instances and like that was it was just i wish he would have made more movies that's what it comes down to Mm -hmm. um so what do you want to give this for the male gaze I do feel like his crotch is like an iconic thing. Like when you talk to people about labyrinth that's one of the first things that's brought up so to speak. Yeah. I place this. I place this in the. I place this at eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go eighty six. Eighty six. You ain't eighty six in that crotch. Uh, I'll give it an eighty. <laughs> it's pretty. That's pretty male gazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Next category: entrances with pizzazz. I mean, every. This is all about that. Yeah. It's all about. It. I mean, yeah, I mean you like, have an entrance with piss as. Yeah, there's that with piss as. Jen- it starts with Jennifer Connelly just like running like up a hill, like mm-hmm. just a, like from around the corner. It looks like a Kate Bush video. Yeah, exactly. Uh, every time David Bowie shows up, it's like pizzazzy. Yeah, there's yeah. a wind machine. He's floating in. I mean, he's <laughs> feathered. He's like softly lit. I mean, he looks unbelievable. That's like the great one of the greatest uh, lighting. Yeah, it's up there with Glinda the Good Witch. It really is. I like but even entrance. like when he's like the the like that homeless person and he like takes off the thing and he just like stands <laughs> sure. up. That's it. That's pizzazz. That's pizzazz. That's yeah. Pizzazz. Do you remember like in the in the eighties, like everyone or at least someone in your household, if they were of the age, had those Harlequin masks hanging on their walls. Like, yeah. That was yes. a huge. This movie is if you could turn the aesthetic of that Harlequin mask yes. hanging on the wall mm-hmm. next to your Phantom of the Opera poster. Yeah. This was that. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. There's that one fun scene where he throws the crystal ball down like the dark hallway, then it turns into the drill machine, the cleaner. Mm-hmm. That's a given that you're not quite sure what yeah. you're seeing, but then you realize you're in danger. It has a dreamlike quality, and I love that. So, what would you give this, Ben, for uh, entrances with pizzazz? Entrance with pizzazz, I'm putting this at 91. 
91. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to go 90. It's pretty high for me, too. 90. I will also give it a 90. It's pretty good. All right, next category dramatic lighting. There's a ton. I thought, especially, I love it. The, one of my favorite sequences is when she's falling and all the helping hands. That's really fun. Yeah, it's so gross. That was dramatic. I mean, especially now, all those hands touching you. Can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> could you imagine? Uh, and then, like, when she's in the prison cell, she's in that very, like, yeah. stark lighting. There's a lot of dramatic lighting in this. Almost every scene has, like, great lighting. Yeah, he's always kind of in a beam of light, and they always give him these lines that are very... One of my favorite lines, and it was the first time I ever heard this word, and, it, and I didn't know it was an actual word, but, you know, they're all screaming, and he's he's looking into the water, or whatever it is, seeing where she's at, and he goes, he goes, quiet, you know, to all the, the goblins. They're all making noise. He goes, quiet, and he goes... She's in the oubliette. And they all go, ooh. <laughs> and he goes, no, she never should have gotten that far. And I was like, I used to go around the house going, she's in the oubliette. And I didn't know what an oubliette was. And it's a thing. It's a real thing. But I love the thing. Yeah. What is an oubliette? It's like a maze. It's like a prison cell. Yeah. No, uh. it's like a prison cell where the entrance is like high in the ceiling. There so it's you like go. you can just, so there's no way to get out of it without help. I love it. She's in the oubliette. <laughs> So what are you going to give uh, Labyrinth for dramatic lighting? I'm going to give this a 93. 93. Yeah. The uh, Jurassic Park came out. Right. <laughs> yes, I'll also go 93. Yes. 93. Uh, I got to go 88. Sometimes okay. it's still just a little soft. I would have wanted a little more color, just a little more pop, a little more something. A little less earth tones. Gotcha. A little less earth tones. Mm -hmm. All right, next okay. category. Strident women. I think Jennifer Connelly's kind of strident in this. Well, she's uh, her mother. You're an her hour mother, late. The stepmother. <laughs> is that her stepmother? Or is it her mother or stepmother? I thought I it was, was her mother. I don't know. I, they, they really <laughs> flushed that character. <laughs> you fast forward those first 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. The junk lady also is kind of strident. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That worm. Is that a lady? Well, it's puppeteered by a lady, I saw, and the voice by a lady. The okay. worm the That's worm isn't, because I think he says, come inside, you'll meet the missus. You know, so I think... Maybe it's a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Just joking. You know, I don't know. Probably there, not. That didn't seem oh, like a Oh, so there is an actual way character, so let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> That's true. It could have been. I didn't think about it. Could have been, but probably not. Mm -hmm. The most strident person here is Sarah's mother, I think. But Jennifer Connelly, I mean, like, she wishes for a goblin king to take her baby That's brother true. away. That's true. And we have to respect strident. that. If she was just, if she had a nicer temper, this whole movie wouldn't have happened. But she wouldn't have grown and learned either. But what did she learn? Uh, you got to grow up, but also remember things from your childhood. <laughs> what a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> not saying it was a good lesson, but it's a lesson. So what do you want to give this for strident women? Strident women, I give this... I'm going to place it at 65. 65. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 71. 71. I'm going to go like 50. It's pretty middle of the road for me. I've seen more strident. I think all the women in this are strident to some degree, though. Uh, your score reflected that. All right, next category. <laughs> macabre. How macabre is Labyrinth? It's, it's pretty, pretty macabre. macabre. You're stealing a baby. Yeah. Killing a baby. A baby. Yeah, those weird feather creatures who just like taking off their heads and throwing them around. Yeah, yeah, that was upsetting. It's very. I think it's all. I, I think that's a main aesthetic for this film. For any of these kind of films yes. outside of like traditional Muppets, it's pretty macabre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
these people aren't showing up on Sesame Street. No. And it's all about like uh, body part removal or the threat of death or spikes or getting lost forever or um, falling into the bog of eternal stench. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which also look like buttholes. It's just yeah. a big old, big old bog of muddy buttholes. <laughs> and now that's macabre. That's right. um, so what do you want to give this for macabre? Well, it'd probably get a higher score if the film was called bog of muddy buttholes, but absolutely. I'm going to put this at an 89, 89, 89. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go 87 for macabre. Yeah. 87. Um, yeah, I'll go 80. It's pretty macabre. Given an average of 85.33. Ooh, eat shit, funny girl. Only has a 10. <laughs> All right. Not very macabre, funny girl. Next category, wigs. On a scale of 0 to 100. I mean, Bowie's wig is pretty iconic in this. It's, I think if you is. just saw that wig, you would be like, oh, that's from Labyrinth. That's right. It's like, it looks like a Marky Post from Night Court, like leveled up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's her going to the premiere. It is Marky Post meets yeah. Tina Turner, Tina Turner from Thunderdome. Yes, also. yes. She had that great headband. He doesn't have the headband because yes. he doesn't need it. He just has that. He's got you know. so many cowls though. Yeah. You know, and, like... <laughs> and also the and that fancy ball. There's a lot of wigs there. Yes, and Jennifer Connelly's hair is like ballooning. Yep. It's teased beyond teased <laughs> to the to gods. Teased to the gods, not teased to filth. <laughs> And there's a lot of pup. There's a lot of puppet wigs, which you know I think should be just considered. Just is a there a difference between like a puppet wig? Because don't every no puppet can grow their own hair. Not that we know of. <laughs> Not yet. Okay, Not fair. Yet. But just the amount of this 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 film had just by sheer amount of wigs had a lot of wigs, but they may not be wigs that we would consider because they're on puppets. That's all I'm saying. The fairies had wigs. They mm -hmm. had those like Edgar Winter. Yeah, they Winter. looked like the Thompson twins. They were like really long, white. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> very eighties aesthetic. So, what do you want to give this for wigs? I'm going to just actually just based on the the iconic David Bowie wig alone. I'm gonna have to put this in the nineties. I'm gonna put this at yeah. ninety. I'm gonna put this at ninety four. Ninety four. I'm gonna go eighty two. 82. I wish they had, like, if he had, like, reinvented his wig one or two times. Oh, we saw an evolution. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he could have come in a different, it could have been different every single scene. That might be overkill, but a little bit of evolution would have been great. Right. A story through wigs. <laughs> but maybe if you feel like you nailed it the first time. Like, yeah, how are we going to evolve you can always this? nail it again. Hindsight's 2020. You Hindsight wish. is 2020. You always um, have to, okay. things that we'll never get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. true. Yeah. We'll never know. Um, I think this is like of iconic wigs. I would think if you're making a list of iconic wigs, I would expect Labyrinth to be on there. Okay. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, so I'm going to give it an 85. All right. Next category. Quips. How quippy is Labyrinth? It's not very quippy, it's but I did quippy. like when David Bowie would tell the goblins that it was time for them to laugh. I thought that tickled me. Mm -hmm. And then I also thought, what's his name? That dog who rode the other dog? Uh, Sir Didymus. Sir Didymus. He was kind of <laughs> quippy, or he tried seemed to be. Sure. Maybe. What was one of your favorite quips of his, John? Oh, just the way he was always like, "Hey, look at me, I'm Didymus." Uh, oh, that was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> you can't cross if I don't let you. Uh -huh. um, you know, real quippy. I don't know. He he just seemed to be like a. 
uh, someone who you would sit down and uh, drink beers with. I don't know. Which is what you look for in quips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just sit across and I don't know. I was looking for something. It's not a very quippy movie. It's not very. The only thing I notice is there's that one gun goblin who gets smashed, and then he says, "Hey, no problem." Mm-hmm. It was like a, it's like a Flintstones. Uh-huh. It's a living kind of. Right, right, sure. I would say that if the only line I can consistently quote is "She's in the oubliette," it's probably not. <laughs> A very quippy movie, so yeah, I, yeah. you know That's this is gonna this is going to be probably in like a twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm gonna go uh, fifteen for this one. Fifteen. Uh, I'm gonna go nine. It's not very quippy. Uh, okay, next category: vibrato. So for this, we mean in addition to actual vibrato, we also mean it also means like anything extra, like anything like they zhuzh up or like give you a little bit more than maybe is necessary but you still like it like they sort of like give you a little extra so it's literal vibrato plus like that sort of the idea of vibrato i think the rocks when they uh when uh hoggy and uh sarah are like walking they're like turn back no they were very vibrato-y it was like a whole oh, bunch the false of false like, alarms is that what they were called they called them the false alarms. Right? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Those guys. They had, like, real thick vibrato in their voices. They had a real tiki room vibe. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, there's not, there's no, I, I think, uh, standard applied to singing vibrato. <laughs> but they're definitely Yeah, Bowie doesn't is, have a big vibrato. No, you can't jump hoops through that. But <laughs> I do think, I do think there is a lot of, like, there is a lot of uh, uh, emphasis on, on vocal, uh, vocal uh special you know extra there's extra there's a lot of extra yeah sure (laughs) so what would you give that how does that translate to an actual number Uh, it's a 41 it's a 41 41. (laughs) (laughs) you try to be political Uh, political but when it comes down to it you're getting what i think you deserve yeah fair enough uh i'm gonna give it a 46 i really like those rocks 46. I would say if we talk about vibrato in terms of being extra, I feel like the design, the production design is pretty extra in terms of like all the detail that goes into everything. Like everything has like a weathered flag on it or like it's tattered or everything looks like lived in and oily or um, so I'm going to give it a 56. All right. And next category. This is the last of the canon categories. (laughs) So footwork. I would rate the footwork on a scale of zero to hundred. There's a bunch of footwork in this a movie. A lot of There's footwork. Like Jennifer f- Connelly again, like running, and then the climax um, of the whole movie is about yeah. footwork, really. Yeah. And then uh, at one point, Escher. Jennifer Connelly literally says, "Well, come on, feet!" Like she says to her feet, "Like <laughs> sure. let's go." Oh, she so talks there you go. to She's the feet. Making That's her feet work. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, yeah, that, that MC Escher number at the end, there's a lot of crazy footwork going on there. And then watching the big Ludo cross like the rock bridge, I was worried, like, how's this puppet going to walk across <laughs> this thing? That's got to be terrifying for that actor. And from a, from a nerdy puppeteer point of view. Please. If you, if you watch <laughs> That's my some favorite of, point of view. There you go. Good. If you watch some of the way that they, the puppets are moving, you can only imagine what it must have looked like under the frame of all of these people maneuvering in and out of each other. So, yeah, for me, there's a lot of like things that look That's simple true. and normal were probably very, very difficult to do outside of that frame. 
So that's that's a yeah the footwork foot. that we didn't see but that we felt. Yes. Now do we consider that? <laughs> it's do the footwork you don't see that matters. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I think absolutely. <laughs> I do have to say, like Ludo is an incredible effect. Like it looks amazing. Like it looks better than like more recent CGI characters. You well, know yeah, because I mean? like, it's a real thing. I know, but like how he even moves, like even for a Muppet, it looks even better. You know what I mean? Just like it's so expressive and great. I don't know. Too bad we don't do enough of that anymore. I'm gonna write. So, what do you want to give this, <laughs> dear uh, Hollywood? There ought to be a law. <laughs> More ludos, please. More ludos, please. Uh, so, what are you gonna give it for footwork? You know, footwork. I'm going to. I'm gonna put this at. I'm gonna put this at eighty six. Eighty six. Yes. I'm gonna go eighty eight. Eighty eight. I'll split the difference. And go eighty seven. Okay, there we go. Ready. All right. So now we are into the wheel category. So this is for. <laughs> Uh, you're going to get four categories. Each one's going to be random. They're previous guest categories. Yes. They're not canon. So we're going to get... So here we go. We're going to spin the wheel. Flashback. Flashback. Is there a flashback in this movie? Is there a flashback in this movie? Well, she goes back to her, like, her bedroom, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And, and like that's that, not back in time. It's just well, there's like all the stuff that's in like a lot of the images that are in the labyrinth and stuff. You see hints of in her bedroom. So yeah. there's a way in which like all, the whole labyrinth itself, you could say, is somewhat of a a flashback. Uh, there's also like, more foreshadowing. Sure. There's flashback. the bedtime story that she tells. That's sort of like a flashback. Like well, remember she does when this flashback. goblin thing happened. She to flashes her back when she meets. <laughs> you know, when she meets the junk lady. And she walks in yeah. and she sees her bedroom and she thinks it's her bedroom, but it's not really her bedroom. Like it, there's right. this very strange kind of going back in time feel. Yeah, to it. illusion thing <laughs> of like, and she's like, "No, stay. These are your things. These are your things." And mm-hmm. and then she shatters that reality because that's when she realizes, "No, it doesn't have my brother, and my brother's more important than a music box." You know that kind of stuff. So right, there's mm-hmm. uh, not technically so a flashback, wh- but. So what would you give this on a scale of 0 to 100? Uh, because of its dreamlikeness, I'm going to put this at a 90. 90! <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I'm gonna not go... a flashy back, but it's, a, you know, <laughs> it's close. It's the middle of the road back. Yeah. Uh, a workmanlike back. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna middle go... of the road is a 90? <laughs> For flashbacks, I'm gonna go... you bet. <laughs> I'm going to go... Uh, mm, 18. 18. Okay. <laughs> wow. There's not a lot of flashback in this movie. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a 12. Holy <laughs> flashback. I'm a real outlier on this. I don't think I know the That's definition okay. of flashback. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Wheel category number two. Teamwork. Teamwork. Oh. How much teamwork is in this movie? I mean, I'd say as much I mean, as like good. The Wizard I'm... of Oz. This is a similar kind of. I think yeah. a little less though, because like when she goes to her big battle, they're like, "We'll hang out here." I mean, like they're there for her. No, yeah, they, they, sh- they she they say we will go with you, and she says, "No, stay here." Gotcha. And I also the also... helping hands. Yeah, are, those, those... what a crazy team! All those puppeteers too. And at the very yeah. end, the whole message at the end is like, "Should you need us." You know, should you need That's us to be here? Should you? Right. So the whole message at the end is like, 
we may not be and then those characters disappear but you see representations of those characters like the doll on her bed is hoggle the you right. know so you see like oh her friends she's a really lonely girl her friends are stuffed she's animals. got her team yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh also i noticed when uh sarah and hoggy were running from that cleaner they kept picking they kept tripping and picking each other up and i was like they could have left either one of them could have left the other one to <laughs> To, but to they die. chose not but to. They chose to help each other. So there is there is definitely some teamwork going on here. Yeah. So what do you want to give this? Teamwork. Let's give this let's keep this at uh let's keep this at a solid eighty three. Eighty three. Uh I'll give it a seventy nine. Seventy nine. Uh I'll give it a sixty nine. Okay. It's Good got some you. teamwork. Good for me. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Wheel category number three. Shattered glass. Okay. Oh. Okay, we got some shattered glass in this movie. We do have some shattered glass in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, More specifically, you have shattered shattered mirrors, which are very representative. Yes. <laughs> Something. There's her bedroom mirror Psyche shatters. Stuff. The self, the identity. She breaks, she breaks one of the glass balls. Oh, yeah. Getting out of the masquerade ball is like mm-hmm. the whole thing shatters. When she gets out of her shatters. bedroom, she takes a chair and um, shatters yeah. that. There's a lot of shattered glass in and there. And pretty impactful, I would say. Is yeah. it John Wick 3? Absolutely not. No, it isn't. But, but... it's not not John Wick 3. <laughs> <laughs> there is a dog in that, or at least a dog plot point. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Exactly. Um, so there's some pretty impactful. I would say that there's not a lot of shattered glass, but what there is is pretty impactful. Yeah. They really they hone the focus weight. in on the shattered glass. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't overdo it. So what do you want to give this? Shattered glass, because it carries some weight, it has meaning in this film. Let's put this at a 90. 90. I'm going to go 77. Wow. 77. <laughs> uh, I'll go 75. Okay. Alrighty. Final wheel category. <laughs> oh, legendary billboard. Legendary billboards. <laughs> uh, I any... didn't see any. <laughs> there aren't a lot I mean, of. Uh, there's no advertising in the labyrinth. <laughs> no, I not at all. When you would have seen this I'm, in the yeah. film, though, his codpiece at one point on the big screen was maybe as big as a billboard. That's Absolutely. true. Definitely but legendary. No. Uh, but not a lot. There's a no. post box, a mailbox, when she's running through the town at the beginning. It's true. But is that a billboard? No. And is no. it legendary? No. 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 <laughs> so, boy, the creators really dropped you... the ball on this category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If only there were more billboards in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you going to give it, Ben? I mean, I'm being generous with a. I'm being generous with a four. A four. Yeah. I'll give it a two. A two. And I will complete the pattern and give it a zero. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I counted the mailbox. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Sure, um, sure. All right, Ben, the time has come for you to add a category, which could become canon, but for now will just be added to the wheel for the next dozen episodes or so. So what category would you like to add through which we can view future movies to judge how gay they are? Ooh, noticeable teeth. No, you're saying noticeable more teeth? noticeable teeth? 
Yeah. The gayer, the, gayer the movie is? No, I don't know. I just want to know if, like, I, if I watch a movie <laughs> and, I, and as I'm watching it, I go, look at that person's teeth. Distracting teeth, I think, is an interesting category. For better or for that worse. That makes it gayer? I don't know if it makes it gay. If they're really good teeth, <laughs> that just maybe means that they're just better put really? together. And then I have a personal opinion that says most of my gay friends are better put together than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, Is it maybe something know. about like maybe a smile, like a great smile or something? Like Let's a, say. Maybe. How about smile? this? How about this? How about this? Does it make you question your sexuality? That's true. Ooh, a good set of chompers sometimes does. Um, let's do wry smiles. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Wry smiles. All righty. So what would you give Labyrinth for wry smiles? Oh, I mean, David I mean, that's pretty Bowie's much all of David Bowie's performance. <laughs> that's his, all yeah. of his, his performance acting. is a wry smile. It is. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give based on wry smiles. I'm going to get, you know, it's like, it's that smile. That's like, I've got a secret. You don't know it. <laughs> Uh, we got to give David, good. Thank you. We got to give David Bowie an eighty-four for Rye Smiles. Eighty-four. They don't do a close-up, but no. But you got to get the Rye Smile and the codpiece in the same shot. Thank so, you. Uh, I'm they don't think lenses is big enough. I'm gonna give it a ninety-two. Wow. Ninety-two. Um, You're welcome. I'll give it a ninety. I mean, it's David Bowie. What the yeah. hell? If there was a scene where he looked at his codpiece in the same shot and then looked up directly into the camera and gave a wry smile and added a wink, then it'd be a hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's the criteria. And he went ch 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 changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, we are now into the bonus category. So you are not be um, you will not be penalized for not scoring well on these, but these are just all bonus points you get. These are a percentage bonus. We get to choose from zero to five. All right. So zero to five percent bonus. So the first bonus category: makeover montage. There isn't really a makeover montage. There's in this no movie. montage no. in this movie. Zero. So I'm afraid I have to go zero. Zero. Wow. Okay. Tough luck. All right. Next one. This might also be tough. Angry <laughs> phone hangups. Was there one at the beginning when they were like, "Call the restaurant" or something like that? I felt I like in so. all of their barking at the very beginning, someone had to make a phone call. And they were very uh, agitated about the whole thing. I think there are angry, there's like angry door acting or like doorway acting and like huffs. There's a few like huff moments, but there's no slamming Mm -hmm. of the phone. What's the thing that David Boy, she's in the what again? She's in the oubliette. The boodleum. The oubliette. If only she said, if only he was like on the phone with the goblin, you know, she's in (laughs) the oubliette and then slammed down the phone. Yeah. (laughs) But that doesn't happen. He'd have to look at the Mm. phone, look like, like take the phone away from his face and look into the receiver. She's in the oubliette. I always loved that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, So what do you want to give this for angry phone hangups? I I mean, zero. Now someone I'm sure will be like, no, remember she hung up a phone, but I I don't remember, so it doesn't count. Yeah, go zero as well. Yeah, Yeah, I think you got to go zero for Labyrinths and its angry phone hangups. Mm -hmm. All right, next bonus category, titular theme song. I mean, there's no song that is called Labyrinth. But there's like a song, there's like an opening title credit There is a track, and this is a track I know, it's called Into the Labyrinth. Okay. Yes. It's a score. It's a piece of score by Trevor Jones, and it's the one that sound. It sounds exactly like the Law and Order soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same instrumentation. 
<laughs> um, I'll post a link to it, but tell me I'm wrong. Um, but it sounds exactly like the Law and Order. So there is like, but it's not like a. It's just a piece. Not of love score. theme from Titanic. Titanic, right? right. Yeah, yeah. But people. But know, there's like, like iconic song. I feel like Magic Dance. Magic is like the Dance iconic song from the. Yeah. People remember Magic. I could give it one percent for this. You're gonna give it a one. I'm gonna give it a two. Two. Oh, nice. Um. <laughs> I'll give it a two. Magic yeah. Dance. Pretty great. Magic Dance. Yeah. That's probably the best <laughs> song in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Next category. Fun fonts. Uh, I think the opening credits are fun. Yeah. Very I think fun. The font on the book that it says the labyrinth on it that she's reading her lines from. That's a fun little you thought uh, that font was fun? on that book. Sure. It feels it's very like appropriate. Times New Roman. Okay. I love wow. whenever the font matches the poster, though, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And this one does. It's, and it's even plussed because it's like this teal outline with dark clouds behind mm-hmm. it. It looks great. Yeah. Very fun fonts. Yeah. I give this a three for fun font. Three. I'll go three as well. Three. I'm going to go four. Ooh. Wow. I think it's pretty fun. It's also a font that tells you, oh, it's a fantasy movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next category. Cheerworthy cameos. Okay, well, we've we've mentioned her already, but Patty Lapone showing up as on a poster of Evita in Jennifer Connelly's sure, wall. Definitely, I got excited about that. You also see the Disney animated uh, Robin Hood, the Fox, is like yeah. on her like scrapbook. Mm-hmm. Oh well, see, so this is you. Uh, you know, I never would have thought of this until the this kind of forensic work. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the sheer fact that it is Patty Lapone, a poster for Cats, that kind of stuff, making its appearance this soon in the film with such confidence and full force <laughs> behind her, this is a four. Sure. A four? <laughs> yeah. For two posters. Yeah, but right. think about I'm what gonna... those posters are. But it's Patty Lapone. Uh-huh. And this is two old queens. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm going to go three. Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go two. Okay. They're all inanimate. <laughs> all right. Next category, pool trouble. Uh, yeah, we got that swamp of terrible smell, whatever it's called. Eternal stench. Oh, the bog yes. of eternal stench. The muddy bog, the bog of, of bog. eternal stench. I would say mm-hmm. a bog is like a kind of a pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. A cesspool. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to go five because it's a five. big point. There, If you fall in that pool, you're in trouble. I mean, but you can still complete the story. You just stink. But you will for the rest of for eternity. the rest of your life, eh. you stink. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that is trouble right there. With the I mean, these T. days that wouldn't matter too much. No, okay. no. But at the you know you you. I mean, he almost dips his toe in that. He almost dips his toe in that butthole juice. I'm giving that a five. <laughs> yeah, five. Um, I'm gonna give it a three because yes, it is trouble, but no one ever actually gets in. There isn't any pool. It's just a the threat of trouble. So mm. I would give it higher if there was more actual trouble. Okay. All right. Next category: sassy best friend. That bird on that wise man's head is pretty that sassy. That bird is pretty sassy. Do we think Ludo is sassy in his way? No, he's okay. sad and like gentle. <laughs> okay. He's Just the biggest him. one, but doesn't want to fight. I think the the two dogs, the dog riding the other dog, mm-hmm. there's something fun and sassy about those two. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they're dogs, so they're man's best friends, but they're each other's best friends. So oh, I think this is pretty high. Meta. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of sassy best friend that's going on in this movie. Yeah. And there's some sassy attitude coming from Hoggle there too, about like, he doesn't want to help. He, he harumps and, you know, and then he mm-hmm. ends up like, Oh, all right, I'm going to, but he definitely bitches the mm-hmm. entire way. 
Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, you know, that he there's a four on the Sasso meter from a couple four. of different characters. Yeah, I'm going to go four as well. No. Four. Uh, I'm going to go three. Okay. All right, next category. A bold lip. There's a bunch, because I think uh, when she was in that thing with all the ha- the helping hands, they were the lips. Those are very bold That was pretty lips. bold. That door knocker who had, like, the knocker in his lips. Yeah. That's pretty bold. And then Jareth at the ball. has a pretty mm-hmm. bold lip. Yeah. And Jennifer Connelly, when she showed him that ball gown, her, she had a very bold pink, bubblegum pink lip at the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. So there are some lips that make themselves known in this movie. So what do we want to give this? I'm going to say four. I will say four as well. I mean, if it wasn't for that one lip on the door knocker, it couldn't hold the ring. That's right. I am also going to give it a four. Nice. All right. Next category. Witches. Well, David Bowie's essentially a witch. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, like, Jennifer Connelly does, like, summon the Goblin King at the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, she does sort of cast a spell at the She beginning. casts a spell. There's on... something sort of witchy about she's, her as well. She's, like, bewitching. Does that count? Oh, <laughs> sure. Sure, it could be, maybe. Well, then it's a four. <laughs> a four. <laughs> I'm going to go three. Three. Uh, I'm going to go five. I mean, it's a Goblin oh. King. He's a witch. Okay, all He's right. Got, literally, he has crystal balls. I mean, what more does a <laughs> witch need to do to get fair, your respect? Fair. forgot that was a prerequisite. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, next category. On a scale of zero for zero to five percent, how Korean is Labyrinth? <laughs> Korean? Yes. yes. <laughs> you did hear that correctly. Okay, cool. <laughs> that one got me. Uh... <laughs> you know what, though? When you really think about it, let's think about it's it. It's pretty Korean. Please. Okay. I think it may. I mean, there's no representation. So let me be very clear. There is no good, solid representation. Um, but yes. aesthetically, aesthetically, oh. you know, if. if just as far as I don't know, there's some. It just there's something. There's something. Uh, I can't explain it without knowing what I'm talking about. But there's something. <laughs> there's something Korean about yeah. it. So from zero to five, what would zero you say? Zero to five. <laughs> like a, there's a get? one. There's there's at least a one. There's a one. A one. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go zero. <laughs> zero. You know what? I'm gonna go point five. Hey, okay. Right. You I love to go point five on Korean. You know, I think Korean people would like it. <laughs> sure. And I bet it has a huge fan I don't base. Think, I don't think there's anything anti-Korean about it. No. <laughs> All right. Next category. This might do well. Felt. Oh. How much felt is in Labyrinth? Well, what's sort of ironic about this category is that it came about because of the Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. When we believed that puppets were made of felt, we found out later that that is basically not true. We have also learned that felt is a process. But this is a very puppety movie, obviously. There's only two main characters that are people. If you ever wanted to expand this category, you could also use the other iteration of this word, which is felt. You know? <laughs> That's a, You're absolutely you right. Know? Wow, you really, you even conveyed that without the visual. Thank you. You know, it's, it's all in the pause. Uh, mm-hmm. So in both in both realms, though, knowing what you mean by both terms, I'm gonna give this. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm gonna give this a four. Four. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. F- uh, I'm gonna go five on this one. Yeah. Well, she has a ton of stuffed animals. Oh, yeah, yeah lot of stuffed animals. Uh, I'm gonna go four, because now that we know these Muppets aren't made mm-hmm. of felt. Mm-hmm. 
Muppets. And these ones also don't look like the Muppety Muppets. They're like uh, rubbery or what? Yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what anything is made out of. But <laughs> I'm sure all these puppets are now dissolved in a pool somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's your pool trouble. There you go. All right. Next category: zero to five percent gay actors playing gay roles. We don't really have any gay roles in we this don't movie. Really. So. And so if they gonna... did, a gay actor didn't play them. That's true. Right. Unless, I mean, David, how did David Bowie identify? As bisexual? I think so. I, I think mean... ultimately he was like, it was the 60s, and he kind of like, he mm-hmm. did it as like a goof to see what would happen. And like, he wasn't anti, but it just like, it wasn't for him, but he like playing with the idea of sexuality. Yeah, I think him and... I mean, that's what glam was, you know? But didn't he like, yeah, him and Mick Jagger hook up or yeah, something? Yeah, I think him and, and Mick... I don't think he was lore. like... He was pretty much straight, though. But they I just think. did it for the bit. Yeah. Yeah, they were making Dancing in the Streets together. I think it was just. <laughs> sure. I think it was just like, Dancing well, like, the let's, let's do the metaphor. Yeah, let's. Mm-hmm. We're here, yeah. so let's just let's see what happens. We're not queer. No, but we are. <laughs> we're here. used to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's half the battle. So, what do you want to give this for gay actors playing gay roles? I'm going to use the Korean point five that you like to use. A point five. Mark, fair enough. For Bowie. I'm gonna I'm All gonna right. do that too. That's that's. That's a good move. 2.5s. Next category, themes of mothers. I mean, that is, you know, uh, Jennifer Connelly and her mom fight a lot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, she is, has a maternal, Sarah's pretty maternal about, mm-hmm. you know, right, finding about her, her brother. brother. But it's not a huge it's not a, a real feeling a rift with your mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not talking Florida Project. No. It's a one. It's a one for me, dog. It's a one. It's a one. <laughs> I'll give it a one. Yeah, that feels it's a right. one for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm also giving it a one. All right, next category: a feels song. Is there a song that puts you in your feels in this? Um, not overtly. The slow songs are pretty forgettable. I feel like yeah. There's a nostalgia factor mm-hmm. to some of the songs, but that's yes. That's more mm-hmm. to do with. I think that's more to do with the instrumentation in the movie. The, just the, that that it was in that movie, but as far as the song outside of that movie right. by itself, I don't think so. So what do you want to give it? That's a that's a let's do a two. I'm gonna do a two. A two. Yeah, I feel bad because it. I feel like none of the songs are really remember uh, memorable, and like even watching it again, I wasn't tempted to be like, oh, let me download some of these songs or something like that. Who's downloading music still, John? Well, How you know old what are I mean. You? Okay. We're streaming music Alrighty. these days. Well, I didn't go to look for it. I'll give it a, I'm going to give it a zero, unfortunately. Zero. I'll give it a one for Magic Dance. I think that song is a blast of nostalgia. All right. Next one. Gossip. How gossipy is um, uh, Labyrinth? Oh. Well, the goblins are telling her, well, now she's up to this place. She's made it this far. They're kind of gossiping about, like... Is that Sarah's gossip or is that news? Is there a difference? Yeah. <laughs> Tell TMZ. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, they, they are, know the you know, now you have to... They, they are hiding out in her closet at the beginning, and they're very close, and they're whispering, and they're waiting for her to say the words. Uh-huh. And like, oh, is she going to say it? She's going to say it. Oh, no, shut up, shut up, shut up. She's going to yeah. say it. So there is a little pick, a little mm-hmm. talk, a little going on right there. There is true. That, that is first true. shot where they just cut to a bunch of those goblins, yeah. that whole the opening of the movie where the magic starts to enter is really creepy. Terrifying. It's really mm. good. Yeah. It's like that's why my favorite part of the movie is like when you then you see mm. them like in the background like running by. Yeah, that's that scared the hell out yeah, of me. Yeah, that's great. It's really good. I'm going to put this at just because of that scene. 
I never I never thought about it as gossipy, but they really are like hush, go, 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 go. you know, there is this little like <laughs> hubbub. I'm gonna put that at a two. Yeah. I'm gonna put it at a two. Two. I'll give it a one for that. One. I will also give it a one. All right, this is the uh, second to last final whatever category. <laughs> this is an all or nothing. Ooh. So you get 15% bonus points wow. if this movie has a positive portrayal of homosexuality. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I don't think it qualifies for that. Yeah, not overtly. No. <laughs> not overt. No. And we're looking for overt. <laughs> I mean, it's not thinly veiled either, but it is not. That's true. Uh, right, yeah. All right, finally, negative 50% Ooh. points if this is the movie Cruising. This is not the movie Cruising, so it will not be penalized 50% of its points. Okay, so in the final tally. Are you ready, Ben? A... How well do you think you did now that we have gone through? This movie, you guys, there were highs, there were lows. <laughs> there, I felt like the, mm-hmm. there's, the rating of this film existed on the extremes. There was very few middle of the roads. This movie True. either did not a lot of fifties. No, this movie either said something or said nothing. <laughs> but I felt like well. it said something more than nothing, so I'm going to put it on the higher range. Okay. All right. Well, I can tell you, out of a total possible 2,653.85 points, Labyrinth has scored 1,990.52, giving it a percentage of 75 on the dot, making it the fifth gayest movie ever. Wow. So not as gay as Funny Girl, but gayer than Interview with the Vampire. Wow. Which this is makes saying sense something. to me. That had Honestly, actual gay people in it. <laughs> this, feels, this feels like maybe one of the more, more accurate polling systems that I've Thank ever you. encountered. Thank you. It's always a work in progress. It's pretty airtight. It's pretty airtight. It's like Disneyland, though. It will never be finished. No, no. It really is. It shouldn't be. Wow. No, it should never be. Wow, this was so, good. I'm, I'm glad I cracked my suggestion. At least cracked the top five. Yes, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Um, Well, Ben, that's the show. Thank you so much for (laughs) doing doing this. this. Is there anything you would like to plug, promote, or shill for at this time? Wear a damn mask. That's all. Just that. And wash your hands and stay healthy and happy. Wonderful. That's it. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thanks, Ben. This was a pleasure, my friends. Thank you. We'll be right back. We're back. back. That worked. Freshly did it. Freshly did it. Okay, great. It worked. Yeah. Um, well, that was so much fun. Uh, that was more fun than the actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think this movie, they should do redo it as a musical because I think what musicals do well, which is like get to like the emotional part of a character story. I think if they flesh out uh, the main character Sarah's story and give her like more of like something that she wants and something that she's fighting. It would it could be enough with the reboots. Give me something new, John. Okay, Mark. <laughs> Although I did enjoy the Dark Crystal Netflix series that was out like a few months ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that fabulous. Was Everyone should watch. Oh, I loved it. Couldn't get yeah. Enough. It was like it was like Dark Crystal as Game of Thrones. It was great. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what else is amazing? Some of the reviews we've gotten. Oh. Oh, see, I'm no good with segues. Uh, we got one here from uh, 
KMAC77 with two exclamation points. And it says, another straight ally gives us five stars. And it says, I just wanted to add my voice to the population of cisgender hetero males that listen to and live your podcast, I think live for. Uh, with that description, you know, with that description, you know, I first heard you on High and Mighty and was so excited when you started your own podcast. I wish I had any ideas to help with the scoring system, but I'm bad at math. I like what you come up with and you make me laugh out loud every week and revisit some of my old days like showgirls. It's the best. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad we can make cisgendered straight white men laugh. Feel, they don't have yes, enough going on for them. <laughs> hey, now, let's not be mean to our uh, fans. He can uh, take it. He can take it. Uh, we also have one from uh, Cara Bobara. Uh, it says, too much fun, five stars. I usually listen to a healthy balance of comedic and spooky, read true crime podcasts, but pretty much everything has been put on hold since I found two old queens. I can't stop listening, and I'm already sad to know that someday soon I'll be caught up and we'll have to wait a week. A whole week for a new release. John and Mark have such great chemistry, and the guests are just as much fun. Thank you for continuing to record during quarantine. We all need it. Well, thank you, Kara. Thank you. I feel like we kind of got it down, maybe. Yeah. I hope. I feel like that sound. We're using microphones we're now, using not our laptops. microphones. It's not just the Zoom mics. Uh, no. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're Still getting on. there. It's good. We're all doing our best, and thanks for not complaining about it. Thank you. Uh, um, yes. Uh, we also have an email from a guy named Pete, and he says, "Hello, friend of the pod, longtime listener, first time caller." Wow, Windows, this is definitely a movie I ne would never have known existed if it weren't for this podcast. I'm with Drew. It's one of the ugliest movies ever. This movie isn't tan. It's the beigest of beige. <laughs> but what I want to know is, uh, was this happening while the women of 9 to 5 were doing their thing uptown? Shared universe? Oh. That would be a fun overlap, a Windows 9 to 5 overlap. It's possible. I feel like the nine to five girls would have taken care of this psycho lesbian, though. They would have like had her strung up in a attic somewhere. Oh no! Who would you rather have? Uh, you have to fight, uh, Mr. Hart or um, this crazy uh, psycho lesbian? I mean, he's uh, a sexist, egotistical, to... lying, hypocritical bigot. Bigot. I mean, but she's like a crazy psycho bitch. Um, this is like an Avengers. I don't know. <laughs> I hope that's the same. I mean, it's both. They're both New York. Is nine to five in New York? Yeah, big is business, it? baby. Okay, that's the only. Or is it Los Angeles? It might be Los Angeles. Lo I think it's Los Angeles. Okay, well, either way, you're not sure, and you just yelled at me. Well, Lily Tomlin fixes a garage. You can't do that in New York. Well, but she could have been a suburb of New Jersey or something. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Very sure about this, and I don't know why. I wish I, I had your confidence. California. I want okay. to say California. I'm not opposed to it being California. All right. So maybe that doesn't work, but uh, who knows? I'm sure we can uh, Google right now, but we're recording. And we're I don't recording like when people tough. Google things when it's they're too in much. the middle of things. Uh, then Pete I need to listen to someone type. <laughs> Only there's a way we could edit that out. Um, Pete goes on to recommend he wants to know why no one's brought in Soap Dish. He also wants uh, True Beverly Hills, Death Becomes Her, Mamma Mia 1 or 2. Um, I mean, yes, to all. I yeah, love the Mamma Mia franchise. Mm -hmm. No one's brought those in yet. Nope. Crazy. Um, um, well, thank, well, you, thank so, you. I Pete. hope someone does. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to it's... all of these. Don't worry. This sounds yeah. Um, cool. We had it. We had to do Scrooged. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? It was the holidays. We had to yeah. get something. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys so much for uh, reviewing. Please continue to rate and review and uh, send us emails. Let us know what you like. If you have any questions or thoughts, uh, again, we're uh, we're thinking about doing a Patreon. Uh, let us know if there's anything you want to hear us talk about specifically for that. You can email us at 2oldqueens. It's spelling at T-W-O oldqueens at gmail.com. 
Or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Old Queens, T W O Old Queens. Give us a follow <laughs> or follow me on Letterboxd to see the current uh, rankings. Yes. Of all the gayest movies. It's a all fun the time. Gayest movies. It's a fun time. And then and what are we doing week? next week? We next do week. know what we're doing we next week. We do know week. what we're doing next week. We are going downtown. A uh, little go shop visit, of horrors. A little shop of horrors. Very excited. Very it's a great be movie. Fun. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So watch it. Check it. Yeah, check that out. And then come back next week. Yes, we'll see you next time. All right. Goodbye. Good. I'm afraid of Americans. Now it's time for credits. We got music by Danny Cohen. Artwork by Connie Shin. And special thanks to Alex Arche and Mike Rennie. Bye. Bye. We didn't get that right. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.